Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Hope. We're glad that you're here. We like to begin our services with this greeting Christians have been using for a long, long time. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Thank you. We believe that that's true, that the Lord is present with us when we gather together to worship him. Whether you're here in the room or whether you're with us online, we are glad that you've joined us for worship today. Let's begin with a word of prayer. Let's bow our heads. Thank you, God. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for inviting us into this time where we get to worship you, where we get to turn our hearts and our thoughts toward you. God, you know that uh, there's so much going on in our lives that that demands our attention, uh, so many things that we have to focus on. Would you help us for this next hour just to focus on you, to, to tell you what is on our hearts, to tell you what we carry with us into this place, to share with you our griefs, our sorrows, our frustrations, our our uh, our fears, everything, God, that we bring with us today, would you help us to bring it to you, trusting that you are the God who not only made us, but who loves us and has shown us in Jesus Christ just how far you'll go to rescue us from all the mess and to bring us into this amazing life with you. Thank you, God. Would you help us as we sing, as we pray, as we listen for you speaking through the scriptures, as we gather around the table of our Lord Jesus in everything we do today, God, would you help us to connect our hearts with yours? to hear your voice speaking words of encouragement, of challenge, of love. Thank you, God. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, Well, if you're here in the room with me, I invite you to stand and let's sing as we begin. Good morning. Yes, I will. Amen. So I don't know about you guys, but this week was especially hard for me this week. Just between work and stress and just feeling pulled in a hundred different directions and not feeling like I'm enough and could be enough in, in, in my own skin, in my own position. And I, 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 I heard this song in the car on the way here. You know, it said, you know, Friday's disappointment is Sunday's empty tomb. And I just really started thinking about this, just really thinking about this, like, Friday's disappointment, you know, in the Bible is like, I mean, imagine what that week looked like at the end of that week, you know, the despair, like what is happening? You know, Jesus has died. He is, what is the end in this? And then how different Sunday looked, like same, same week, you know, from Friday to Sunday, how different a week can look, how amazing it can look. And my disappointment on Friday at the end of my week, my failings at my, at, at the ways that I was not enough or felt like I wasn't enough can all be turned around come Sunday and the way that God can work in us and the way that you know we can come together as, as a congregation and Sabrina reminded me that this morning of just how you know this is why we're here we, we have to touch base before we head back out there into this world we have to touch base because we need it we, we we're spending every last energy to try to walk and talk in the in the in the light of Jesus and we come back here to try to recoup even when we've left all of it at at the door on Friday morning and so this song Lord I need you is especially true for me this morning as I'm sure it is for you David Crowder said about this song, You Alone, 
that this song reminded him that it is the God of Abraham and Isaac, the God of Jacob, Moses, and David, the God who promised a savior and a way back to him. That it's he that we follow and he has not left us alone. On the other side of the desert is a land of covenant promise where the blind see, the lame walk, the tears are dry. The lamb and the lion are like best buds and we see face to face the one who made us. In between captivity and promise, we need to be reminded Would you bow your heads with me? Let's continue the prayer. We've already started with these songs. God, thank you. Thank you for being with us, for loving us, for inviting us to, uh, to worship you and to thank you for all of your goodness to us, to, to recognize you for who you are today, that you are our Savior, that you are good, that you are our Father, that you are the one who is worthy of all our thanks and our praise. Thank you, God. Thank you for all of your faithful love that you have shown to us in our own lives and, and down through the ages, God. We read stories in Scripture and we see you time and time again uh, being faithful. And when, when your people were unfaithful, God, and even though they might have to suffer the consequences of those actions, God, you never gave up on them. You continued to, to pursue them. You continued to restore and to redeem them. And God, we see that same story played out in our own lives even in those times of our lives where we were running hard from you, where we were thinking that we were our own boss, our own God, our own king, doing things our own way. God, you never gave up on us. You continued to pursue us. You continued to reach out to us um, by your Holy Spirit, working through your people, people who showed us your love and your grace. Thank you, God. Thank you for those that, that allowed you to work through them in our lives, to bring us back to you. God, you have been so patient so faithful in your love. Thank you. Thank you for forgiving our sins. Thank you for loving us and seeing who we can be in spite of all the mess that we make. God, when we had pretty much, well, we'd committed ourselves to a path of destruction, a path that leads to our death, and God, you, you redeemed us. You restored us. When we finally came to our senses and turned to you, God, you were right there ready to forgive our sins, to wash us clean, to embrace us as your kids. And now, God, you, you're working not only in our lives, but through our lives to help bring peace and joy and love and grace to the people around us. Thank you, God. Thank you for inviting us to, to be your partners in your good work, to let your love and grace flow through us, just as others have done that for us. Thank you, God. It, it all starts with you. It all... Uh, goes back to you. You get all the credit and all the praise. Thank you, God. Thank you for your, your presence with us right here, right now. Today, there are some of us who are needing to know your love, who are needing to know that you are with us. We are desperate for some comfort and the grief that we are feeling. We are desperate for some hope because we're looking at the week ahead, the days ahead, and we're not sure how we're going to make it. But God, you, you give us hope. You help us to persevere you, you heal us. You sustain us. You forgive us. You reassure us. Thank you, God. Continue to guide us through the remainder of this service. To guide our hearts toward you, we pray. In Jesus' name.
Amen. Uh, the peace of the Lord be with you. Thank you. Uh, today we're going to go ahead. We started last week. The numbers, uh, the COVID numbers are not great, but they're not so terrible that we can't walk around and say hi to each other. So if you'd like, we're going to go ahead. You can, you can walk around. You can greet somebody. You can extend the peace of Christ to them. You can tell them you're glad to see them. Take, take a minute. Say hi to somebody. All right. I don't know what you guys who are watching online do when we do that. I don't have any idea. Tell me. Tell me maybe. Maybe you reach out and text somebody that you haven't seen in a while. You're, I don't know if you're texting piece or if you're saying that in the comments. I'm not, I'm not on my phone right now, so I don't know uh, what you're doing as we're, as we're saying hi to each other. So it's one of my favorite parts of the service. It's one that I've missed for the last year and a half. And uh, hopefully with all of uh, all the vaccinations and everything, hopefully the numbers will not climb to where some people are afraid they will with the Delta variant and everything. Hopefully, we'll be able to all keep things under control. So uh, I'm trusting that uh, if that kind of the same, some of the same rules still apply, you know, from way back when this whole thing first blew up in March of last year, that of course, if you're sick, you know, you stay home. <laughs> I think we've all kind of learned that, you know, you wash your hands really well, you, you wear a mask if, you've, if you need to. If you're not, we've been asking now for the last uh, few weeks, uh, when the CDC changed their guidance that if you're vaccinated, great, you can leave your mask at home uh, or in your pocket or whatever. If you're not vaccinated, we'd ask you to please wear them. And, uh, uh, but then we're trusting that you guys are going to follow that because we all want this thing to be over as quick as we can. So uh, and my apologies today. I did not get notes for this morning's message uh, on the screen for you guys out there. If you're here, you've got some little things there. And on the front, you can see uh, a couple of announcements. Uh, you can, if you'd like, grab your smartphone and go to livinghope.info slash connect and uh, let us know that you're with us. Or if, if you're in the room here, you can just grab one of those little green cards back there by the offering box, uh, jot your info on there, uh, let us know if some feedback, a question, a way we can pray for you. Uh, that's a great, we would love to connect with you. And that's been challenging during this last year and a half, to say the least. So uh, please uh, let us know that you're worshiping with us, uh, whether you're in the room or at home. And uh, you can do that by going to that website. Or like I said, you can grab one of those cards and just drop it in that offering box back there. If you're in the room and giving today, you can drop that in there too, uh, or you can go to livinghope.info slash give. You can give online. I know I've uh, really appreciated that. And, um, and just about every church in the world now, it seems like, has got the camera in the back and uh, we're able to watch. I, I've really enjoyed being able to watch some of my friends at other churches, getting to participate with them, see what's going on, because I don't get to visit much. You know, I'm here most Sundays. Um, so it's been fun to visit other folks and to be able to give and to support some of those folks. So um, it's amazing. You can just give to anybody online now. Uh, it's a good thing. All right, also, I wanted to make sure you know, because this is getting close now, uh, not this week, but the week after, on Thursday night, I hope that you'll join us here, because we're going to have Rob and Cindy North from African Nazarene University here, talking about the missionary work that they're doing there, how we can partner with them and support them. Uh, we already do, through our participation in the Church of the Nazarene, are connected with them, uh, but they would love to tell you more about what that looks like. Every dollar that you guys give to Living Hope, uh, a, par a portion of that goes out around the world to support mission work all over the place. And uh, that school is doing amazing work, and they're in the process of modernizing and updating a lot of their classrooms, which we'll have a chance to help with, if you'd like, in 2022, next year. If you would like to go there uh, to Nairobi and help with that, you can, you can help modernize the classroom. Um, but if you just want to hear about it, like I said, not this Thursday, but the next one. Be here at 7 o'clock. There'll be some folks from other churches of the Nazarene around uh, Northwest Indiana visiting with us because they want to hear them too. And before then, before next Sunday, we want to give an offering to them uh, when they come. 
you can go to that livinghope.info slash give, and there's a little drop-down. You can just pick, instead of just the general fund, which it defaults to, which is just like dropping cash in the back or you know, not designating it toward anything, if you, if you check the missions box, or if you write missions on a gift that you're making here, then uh, as long as you give it before, I don't know what, midnight, uh, the, the end of August 1st, next Sunday, um, everything that comes in through then, Monday morning, I'll be able to call our treasurer and say, hey, can you make us out a check for this much so that Thursday night when the Norths are here, we can, we can give them this check uh, to support the work that they're doing there. So if you'd like to do that, I know you haven't heard them yet, so it's a little weird like, hey, before you've even heard they have to say, if you want to give to support them, you can. Um, obviously, if you want to give to support them afterwards, you can too, but uh, we'd love to be able to give them a, a check when they're here. And then right after that, so not this coming Saturday, but the one after that, there's a group in town that does this free bicycle thing. And they're going to be in our parking lot right out here from 9 to noon. Uh, I know uh, you can do bike tune-ups. They'll, they'll be happy to take a look at your bike. If you're like, I don't know, something doesn't seem quite right and you're not handy like that, you know, and uh, you can't afford to take it to the bike shop and have them look over it, you can, you can bring it here. They'll be happy to look it over, tune it up, tell you what you need. Uh, if they've got whatever you need, they can help do it right then. Um, I know we were just on our, we had our boys on their bikes uh, Sometimes just in the last couple of days, and there was something went wrong with a pedal or something, and so um, it still works now. But I'm thinking, yeah, well, at the very least, we can like ride the bikes up here and uh, see what they see. They can take a look at it. Maybe they'll see something we don't. And um, anyway, so that's happening Saturday the seventh. If you if you know people who uh, their kids are like getting to that age where they ought to be learning to ride a bike, and uh, and they don't have a bike and they can't afford a bike, tell them about it. All right, bring them out here. Uh, let them know there's there's free bikes here that day. All right, there's, there's other things I could tell you about, but I think that's probably it for right now. Um, thank you to all of you who do let us know how we can be praying for you. Uh, we've got folks that, uh, you know, go through surgeries and lose loved ones, and there's all kinds of things happening in the life of the church all the time, and thank you for letting us know how to pray for you. Um, we had, uh, for, for years, the little handout that you'd get on Sunday morning, on the back of it had ways we could pray for each other, and then with COVID, we weren't handing anything out. And we've just started to kind of hand some notes out again, and we're, I think we're about to the place where we can put some things on the back, where how you can pray for each other, things that you guys have coming up. So if you would like your church family praying for you, let us know. We would be happy to share those uh, with everybody next week. And, uh, and I guess we've got an email that we haven't sent out in a while, and uh, we can include that in the email too when it goes out this week. So uh, please let us know how we can pray for you. We would love to, to do that, to join you in prayer. All right, uh, if you are in the room, you've got a little handout, and again, I apologize to the folks online that this came together too late. Uh, Stacy and I were out of town for a couple of days, enjoying the sunshine, and uh, letting the kids ride bikes, and play in the sand, and it was a lot of fun, but it didn't do well for trying to put notes together. So, I managed to get them together for you guys here in the room, and uh, I already had one of you come and check on me, and ask me if I was okay, because the title of the message that I put at the top was Heart Attacks. And somebody's like, you have something you need to tell us? What's, what's going on? Are you, are your, your ticker okay? And uh, yes, I'm fine. And thank you again, Art, for asking. Uh, but, you know, last week we were talking about uh, how our hearts are where, you know, God cares about our hearts. Uh, we've been talking about that for the last two or three weeks. Um, and last week we looked again at what Jesus says about how it's, it's from our hearts that, uh, you know, our lives flow. And the people of his day were very concerned about, you know, all the, the hand-washing rituals and all those kinds of things and only eating certain foods. And Jesus said, look, it's not about what goes into your body. That doesn't defile you. That doesn't make you unclean as a person. It's what comes out of you that reveals the condition of your heart. And he says, there's all this, all this wickedness, all these sins. They start in here, and then it flows out. That's what defiles a person. 
And we invited God. I invited you to, to use some prayers from Psalm 19 and Psalm 139. I included one of those here just in case you needed a reminder. I heard some of you saying you, you found these really helpful. Uh, Psalm 139 ends with these words. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. It says invitation. It's a prayer of invitation saying, God, please, would you point out, would you hold up a mirror and let me see uh, what is going on in my heart? Um, you know, we look at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. That was the passage from, from 1 Samuel chapter 16 that we looked at last week. And as God sees our hearts, what does he see? Is, there, is it good? <laughs> is, is our heart, are the attitudes of our hearts, the thoughts that we, that we reflect on, the things our hearts are set on, you know, our affections, our allegiances, are these things that honor God and please God? Or is there some ugliness there? Is there some junk there that, that God needs to point out to us, help us to see so we can repent, so we can turn from it, so he can transform us from the inside out? Well, since then, I've, uh, I've had, I feel like I've had like two or three or four things all pointing me in the direction of this idea that I want to focus in on today. And, uh, and it kind of gets summed up in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 that I put there in your notes. It says, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. So there's that same idea that Jesus talked about. Everything you do flows from your heart. And in Proverbs 4, 23, it says, so above all else, guard your heart. Take care of your heart. You know, protect your heart. Sometimes we think that uh, it's just, I don't know, it's like we think we don't have any control over that or something. Like we can't control our thoughts. We can't control, we have just nothing we can do to change what goes on. Like the world just happens to us and we just, you know, react constantly. But the Bible's real clear. We have the choice of what we focus our thoughts on. We have the choice of what we, where we center our hearts. You can choose to focus on your problems and how big they are, or you can choose to focus on the God who loves you and how big he is and how powerful he is and the, the, the grace that he has to give you to tackle those problems. We need to guard our hearts. Our hearts are under attack. There is an enemy who is going after us, who is trying to derail us, who's trying to distract us, all right? And uh, we don't spend a whole lot of time focused on that uh, here at Living Hope because, well, frankly... <laughs> For the most part, sorry, this last week, uh, I, for that daily prayer video, I was walking through the Lord's Prayer. I, I put it there in your notes. We're going to pray it together later, but you can see it there. Uh, I, let, me just, let me just read it for you. Um, although those of you who've been with us for a while, you know it. Um, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us, not into temptation, but deliver us from evil for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. So each, each day this past week, we just looked at a different line from that prayer and kind of reflected on it a bit, spent some time uh, praying with that. And so if you, if you missed that, feel free to go to YouTube, go to Facebook. You can, you can find all that. You can, you can go back over there. But that, last, that next to last line, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. I don't tend to spend a whole lot of time on like our enemy, the devil, because a lot of times it feels like we don't need any help from the devil. Like, like that meme from I've seen on the internet that says, you know, lead me not into temptation. I can find it just fine on my own, right? Uh, most of the time, we don't need any help to, to wander away from God's plans. We, we do just fine. And, and the Bible's clear in James that like our, our own evil desires in our hearts lead us astray. And, uh, and I guess so most of the time I kind of focus in on that idea. But the Bible's clear there is an enemy. Um, in fact, if you go to Matthew chapter 6 where Jesus teaches that prayer, uh, that line says, lead us, not into temptation, but deliver us, at least in most, a lot of the translations, they deliver us from the evil one. Uh, you gotta, the translators kind of have a choice there. And the traditional 
Lord's Prayer that we tend to pray together on Sunday says deliver us from evil. But, uh, but Matthew uh, used a word that sounds like, yeah, deliver us from the evil one. There is an evil one who um, is called by Jesus the, um, what is he, the ruler of the, of the kingdoms of this world or the prince of the, prince of the air. There's lots of different languages used for the devil. That's used for Satan. That's used for our enemy, the evil one. And uh, I didn't have time to, to pack all those references in here. But the Bible seems clear that this devil actually has some, uh, some power. That he's not just a, a powerless being, but he actually has some ability to like, impact our lives. And um, in fact, the Bible says in numerous places that like, we have been uh, subject to the devil. Like we've been imprisoned by the devil. And that that's what Jesus came to do by his death and resurrection. He sets us free from our captivity to the evil one and to sin. Uh, this enemy is a real one and is coming after our hearts, knows that from our hearts flows everything. And so our enemy is trying to distract us, trying to derail us, trying to keep us from keeping our hearts focused on God. Uh, in 1 Peter chapter 5, you know, Peter, who followed Jesus around and learned from Jesus, said, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him. Standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. So apparently this, this onslaught from the enemy isn't just felt like spiritually, but it's like he's talking about, you know, you got fellow believers around the world going through this kind of suffering. That the enemy is influencing other people to harm you, to go after you, to imprison you. Um, just like the Apostle Paul did before uh, God got a hold of him. That when we have these enemies, like things happen to us, it's because he's pointing to our enemy, the devil, prowling around. He's not a toothless lion. You know, he's, a, he's, a ruin. he's looking for someone to devour, but we can resist him. We can stand firm in the faith. The, the point of this morning's message is not to make any of us afraid. That would be ridiculous, okay? I don't want you to be afraid of the devil. I want you to be on guard so you can resist the devil with the strength that God gives, all right? Uh, if you continue that passage from 1 Peter, he says, And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you've suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. He says, look, we can be alert. We can pay attention. We can recognize when the enemy is trying to get us to believe some lie, when the enemy is trying to distract us from what God would have us to do. We can recognize those attacks and resist them. We can stand firm in our faith and our trust in God, knowing that we're not alone. You know, we've got a family of believers supporting us and they, they struggle too. And God, by his grace, can, can make us strong, firm, and steadfast. He can deliver us from the evil one, can keep the evil one from, uh, from winning, right? There's no reason for anybody who's trusting in Jesus to live in defeat, to live... Um, um, to continue in captivity to sin or to the devil. Yeah, that's what Jesus came for, to set us free from that. He is our defense. Actually, I think uh, we sang that earlier. I jotted it down as we were singing. There's a line in one of those songs, my one defense, my righteousness. Oh, God, how I need you. you know, that, that's what the scripture says, is that God is our defense, that he is the one, he is our righteousness. He is the one who helps us to stand firm, who, to guard against the attacks of the evil one. 
Uh, I don't know if you remember when Jesus was being tempted. Uh, in Matthew chapter 4, we read about it. Uh, he's, uh, he's just been baptized. God has just spoken from heaven. You are my beloved son. Uh, in you, I'm well pleased. You know, I love you. I'm going to do amazing things through you. And then the Spirit leads Christ into the wilderness, into this time of fasting, of prayer. Earlier this year in the season of Lent, we talked about this invitation to fast. It's an invitation to, to meet with God. And, uh, and as Jesus is doing that, as he's spending time with God, he's also being tempted by the devil. And Matthew recounts three of those, which I'm guessing Jesus must have described to his disciples because they weren't there with him. And so Jesus describes these, these three temptations. And one of those, you might remember, is the devil saying, like, look, just bow down and worship me. I'll give you. Look, look at all the kingdoms of the, of the world. I'll give them to you if you just worship me. And that's, that's kind of the final straw for Jesus. He's like, no, no, hey, get out of here. You know, you, you worship God alone. And uh, I'm not, I'm not going to take the, the shortcut. It's like Jesus knows that the path that he's on is going to lead to suffering. It's going to lead to his death. It's going to be a difficult, hard road that he has ahead of him. But on the other side of that is glory. On the other side of that is him being affirmed as, as God raises him from death, that Jesus is shown to be king of kings, lord of lords. God is asserting his rule over creation once again in Christ. You know, Jesus came proclaiming the kingdom of God has come. The kingdom of God is near. The rule of God is coming in Jesus, and he knows this is true. He knows that on the other side of this is he will have the kingdom and the power and the glory. But he doesn't say to the devil in response to his offer, he doesn't say, oh, come on, you don't really have any authority. Come on, you don't have any influence over the king. You can't give me the kingdoms of this world. Those don't belong to you. He doesn't say that because apparently the devil does have some authority. You know, he is called the, the ruler of the powers of the air, the, the prince of this world. Uh, I've been listening to some different preachers on this and reading some things this past week, and um, and. Like the thing that makes sense to me, and some of you have heard this before, um, but the idea is that you know, as God created all that is, you know, and, and we read about this in Genesis chapters 1 and 2, as he creates all that is, he creates human beings, he creates us in the image of God to be basically his uh, like co-regents here on the earth, that we represent God, that's what it means to be an image of God is that, that we represent Christ here on the earth uh, to represent his rule. God wants to rule through us human beings uh, to demonstrate his authority, his care for creation. And God has done similarly, not identical, but similar things. He's given responsibility to these spiritual beings, to angels, right? And we've all heard the story, I suppose, of Lucifer's fall, that Lucifer was one of those angels who had some authority and then rebelled against God. Just like we human beings have free will, and we see that there in the story about the garden and us eating the fruit we shouldn't eat and not trusting God to set the terms, apparently the devil in his pride, you know, decided he knew better than God and has been working at, at cross purposes from God's purposes ever since. When we get to that story in Genesis chapter 3 of the temptation, the fall of human beings, there's already this serpent, this weird talking snake who tempts Adam and Eve, and gets them to, to disbelieve God. There's already this representative of evil there in the story. And so the thought is that these, uh, these spiritual beings were given some authority, and now they're abusing that authority, right? That now they are directing kingdoms and authorities, and they had a whole system worked out. If you read uh, 
the Apostle Paul in Scripture sometimes talks about principalities and powers, and there, there are specific Greek words that in, that in that time they had ideas of like, okay, here are kind of the spheres of influence. It's almost like, you know, you got your mayor, and then you got your governor, and then you got your, you know, the folks in D.C., and they had this idea of like the different uh, levels of spiritual authority in the world. And yes, God is over all of them, but there are these other rulers and principalities and powers and some of them are operating in rebellion against God. And that has an influence on us. Our enemy, the devil, wants to derail us, wants to distract us, wants to tempt us away from what God has for us. It, the struggle is real. And some of you are like, okay, Rich, you've been going on about this. You don't have to. I know the struggle is real. I struggle every day. You know? Yes, I'm aware there is this, there is this you know, something out there tempting me, trying to pull me off track. We need to recognize that. We need to be aware of the reality of that so we're not blindsided. And God doesn't leave us without defense, right? God gives us his grace. He gives us the ability to, he, he makes us strong, firm, steadfast, so that we can resist the devil, stand firm in the faith. And in Ephesians chapter 6, this is one of those several things that, that kind of entered my brain this last week. There was the, the bit from the Lord's Prayer about deliver us from the evil one. I was like, oh, yeah, I haven't talked about that in a while, about how we need to be delivered from the evil one. That that's, that's part of what God does for us is he, he sets us free. He keeps us from living under, you know, the devil and brings us, kind of, brings us above, rescues us from that. The other one was somebody sharing this with me again, the, this Ephesians chapter 6 passage about the armor of God. Um, I went ahead and backed up a few verses. Ephesians chapter 6, starting at verse 10, the Apostle Paul is telling these, these early Christians, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world. He's starting to kind of do that again, talk about the different levels. And, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. So that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to, able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything, to stand. He says, there is a battle on its way. And when it comes, I want you to be prepared. I want you to be ready to take your stand against the devil's schemes. It's you're being strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. It's not because we kind of amp ourselves up and like, oh, yeah, I'm going to fight the devil. All right, here we go. You know, this, this is not like a pregame locker room talk. You know, like get out there and fight. You know, this is... We're going to trust God, that God is able to see us through, that God is the one that prepares us for battle. We just need to, to take advantage of what he gives us, right? So when the day of evil comes, we can stand. So he says in verse 14, stand firm then, and he starts to list the armor of God, different parts of it. And we're not going to spend a whole lot of time, but stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. He ends by saying, be alert, keep on praying. Reminds me of what Peter said, right? Be alert and of sober mind. This is one of the reasons that... Uh, that we Christians try to avoid things that would kind of dull our senses, things that would, you know, get us drunk or get us high or things that would alter us so that we're not alert, so that we're not paying attention. It's why we encourage each other to get enough sleep to, to be able to, to live in this world as people who are alert, who are ready, who are paying attention. He's got in his mind, I'm sure, um, 
the Apostle Paul, they're one of those Roman, you know, soldiers. And he's kind of like, maybe he's looking at one. You know, maybe he's, I think, I think this is one of these that he writes from jail. I can't remember. He wrote so many of his letters from jail. I can't remember if this is one of them or not. Um, so maybe he's got like a Roman soldier standing guard right there. And he's just like, so put on the armor of God. God gives us armor, just like Rome supplies those soldiers with, with armors. So, and he just kind of names off the pieces that he's seeing on this soldier. And he's connecting them with, you know, things that God provides, like truth. The belt of truth buckled around your waist. And that's one of the devil's greatest weapons is lies, is deception, is trying to trick us into believing something that's not true. Some of you have lived with, for way too long believing lies about yourself, that the devil has told you, that you're not good enough, that you can't do it, uh, that you, you could never really live a life that pleases God because you're too weak or you're too whatever. And God is wanting to, to speak his truth into your life to help you know, no, 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 I love you. I created you. I gave you life. I've been with you this whole time. I have a good life planned for you. If you'll just trust me and follow me, I love you. I'm with you. I'm never giving up on you. He wants us to have this belt of truth buckled around our waist, the breastplate of righteousness in place. You know, going back to that lyric from the song, my one defense, my righteousness, my God, how I need you. God provides us with his righteousness, this right relationship with him. It's not that we have been super righteous. It's not like we have done all the right things. This is God saying, look, I have taken care of this in Jesus Christ. I'm giving you, or I'm helping you now to live a righteous life. I've, I've brought you out of that life you used to live. I've put you on a <laughs> firm foundation. I've got you ready to go. Here we go. Here's the armor. You're going to be righteous from now on because of what I've done for you in Jesus Christ. If you fail, you ask forgiveness, you get back up, you pop that breastplate back on, you keep on going. You stand firm. With your feet fitted, the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Um, Paul was real clear that this good news of Jesus is, is one that brings peace among human beings. Right? I know that right now we live in a very fractured society, in a very broken world. And uh, God is at work to bring peace. The good news of Jesus I mean, that's what Paul was dealing with in his day, the separation between Jews and Gentiles. And he says, in, in Christ, he's making the two one. He's restoring a, a united humanity. And this is what God is trying to do in Jesus today. It's a, it's a gospel of reconciliation. Like he said earlier, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, against other people, but against spiritual powers. My struggle is not against somebody who voted different from me than the last election. My struggle is not against somebody who wants to teach something in our schools or somebody who wants something taught in our school. And my, my struggle is not against flesh and blood, against other people, all right? Our, our struggle is against the enemy who would have us believe that we should be opposed to each other. Our, our enemy is the one who's, who's been deceiving folks into thinking that it's okay to be antagonistic in these ways, that it's okay to... Uh, Mm. to support systems of, uh, of injustice or of sin that, uh, man, are just destructive of human life. He wants us to have our feet ready to go wherever God calls us to go to bring peace. And Paul was definitely one who was ready. To, he was ready, feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel peace. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to step into that, that difficult situation to, to trust you, God, that you can bring peace, that you can help us to, to love each other. You can help us to listen to each other. You can help us to respect each other. That you can bring peace and we can be peacemakers. In addition, take up the shield of faith, trusting in God. 
our trust in God, which, which extinguishes all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Because again, that was, that was Satan's big deception in the garden, right? That he's asking um, Adam and Eve there, like, did God really say this? Oh, no, no, no. No, God's not going to, you're not going to die if you eat that fruit. He knows that you'll be like him. He's just trying to hold you back. And they could have said, no, no, I trust that God's not like that. I trust that God has our best interests at heart. I don't know what you're on about talking snake, but the God who made us loves us, and I'm going to trust him. If he says I should avoid this, you know, maybe he's going to you know, make a nice apple pie out of this later or something. I don't know. I, you know. Maybe it's not ripe. I don't know. I'm going to trust God that he knows what I need. So, man, trusting God is the, is the core of this thing. That, that shield will extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. When the evil one's trying to get you to not trust God, to trust yourself, to trust him, to listen to your friends, they think they know what's best for you. And you're like, no, no, no. I'm going to trust God that God knows what is best. That extinguishes the flaming arrows of the evil one. The helmet of salvation, God's rescue of us. He's rescued us from the dominion of darkness, brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves. He says in another place, take this, this helmet and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. We talked last week about how, how cutting it can be when God speaks. We, we let God speak. We listen to what God has said. That is the one offensive weapon that we're given, is the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, and our prayers. Pray in the Spirit. God has provided what we need to stand against this enemy. We do have an enemy who wants to defeat us, who wants to distract us, who wants to derail us, but, but God has given us all that we need to stand against him, to be strong. He's given us his Holy Spirit. He's given us all these, the armor of God. We just have to be paying attention, be alert, so that we don't, so that we're not deceived by some of those lies, by some of those twisted things that the devil might tell us. We don't have to be afraid, again, you know, this roaring lion that's prowling about looking for someone to devour, God has already defeated him in Jesus Christ. We don't need to be afraid of him. He's not toothless, but we don't have to be afraid of him. First uh, John chapter 4, verse 4 says, the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. It says that the one who is in you, talking about God's Holy Spirit, is greater than this one who's in the world, this devil, this ruler of this world, right? So God, who has given you life, who has given you himself, is greater. This is not some competition. That God and the devil are not like equals on a playing field, and we're not really sure who's going to win, all right? God is the one who rules over all things, and Jesus Christ, by his death and resurrection, has been elevated to that, that place above all, of all, over all rulers and authorities. I think it's Philippians chapter 2. He's been elevated that the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and earth and under the earth. Every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. The one who is in you, the Spirit of Christ, is greater than the one who's in the world. We don't need to be afraid. We just need to be alert. We just need to be ready. Now, we're going to talk, I think, next week about how this has impacted all of creation, how there are systems at work that we live in and work among. Um, and Romans chapter 8 talks about this a little bit. It says, with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. We know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right at the present time. All of creation has been impacted. We'll talk about that a little bit more next week. Um, but right now, he's talking to these Christians in Rome, and he's saying, look, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted, or hungry, or destitute, or in danger, or threatened with death. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. 
Or other translations say, like, we are more than conquerors through Christ who loves us. And I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below, indeed nothing in all creation. So he's trying to say there is no power, no enemy, no anything that will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. If you find yourself struggling, if you find yourself afraid, look to Jesus where God's love for you is revealed. We look to Jesus and we see just how much God loved us, holding nothing back, but being willing to go to the cross for you and for me, being willing to suffer what looked to us like defeat, right? Being willing to suffer death, becoming sin for us, taking on our sin and death that we couldn't, we couldn't bear. It was going to overwhelm us. It was going to defeat us. Christ takes it on himself. And because God, out of love, knew that we needed this. We needed him to defeat the powers of sin, death, and the devil so that we can be free. So we need to guard our hearts. <laughs> we need to be on guard against the enemy who would try to lie to us, try to distract us, try to defeat us. Instead, God has this beautiful life for us if we can keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. He is the one who gives us life. He is the one who gives us everything we need each and every day to sustain us, guiding us, working through us to do amazing things here in the world. Let's bow our heads and let's pray before we celebrate communion together. Thank you, God, for the great love you've shown us in Jesus Christ. Thank you. We see this love displayed. I mean, we have this, this sacrament that we're going to celebrate in just a moment where we offer to you these gifts of bread and juice. And we pray that by your Spirit's presence here, we might meet our crucified and risen Savior in his body and in his blood. We remember in this sacrament that you held nothing back from us, but you were willing to give your life for us, Jesus. That's how much you loved us, because you knew we were being held captive by sin. We were being held captive by this enemy, and you came to set us free. So would you help us, God, not to return to slavery, not to turn back to sin, not to give in to temptation, not to believe those lies, but instead, God, would you give us the strength, would you give us the ability to trust you, God, you've given us armor. Help us to wear it. You've given us strength. Would you help us to stand firm? Would you help us not to listen to the lies the devil would have us believe? But instead, would you help us to keep our hearts fixed on you? Help the, the soundtracks that play in our hearts and in our minds to be your truth. What is true about us, not those lies that we've been told. Would you help us to see ourselves as people so valued by you, that you'd give your life for us, for our freedom. And would you help us too, God, to see ourselves as people that you can funnel your grace and your love through to have an impact on the world, people who are crying out right now for help, for freedom. God, you might want to reach out through us to alleviate their suffering, to, to meet their need, to encourage, to provide hope. Thank you, God. Today, we offer you ourselves. We confess to you our sins. We confess to you our need of your grace. We are so thankful that you are gracious, compassionate, 
slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. We are so grateful that you've broken the power of sin and death so that today we can live free. Your word tells us that as we confess our sins to you, you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So would you help us, God, to have a real sense of that today, that our sins are washed away, that we are set free from those those sins, those temptations, those things that used to have their claws in us, used to uh, bind us, used to have us imprisoned, enslaved to those sins, God, those habits, those attitudes, those thoughts, those patterns of life, we don't have to be enslaved to them anymore. Thank you, God, for setting us free. Help us to live in that freedom, to live in your love, to let your Holy Spirit fill our lives. Thank you, God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you pray with me the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray? Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Uh, the Heisaw family are going to come and lead us uh, in one more song as we celebrate communion together. So we, we've started going back to this too. Not, last Sunday was the first Sunday in like a year and a half where we actually came forward for communion. Now if you'd like, you can still stay at your tables uh, for communion. We've got the little, uh, little cups and little uh, bread and juice there. Or you can come forward. I'm going to be standing here with a basket of bread and a cup of juice. And if you would like... If you are saying yes to Jesus today, if you are coming to him aware of your need of his grace and trusting that he can, in fact, forgive your sins and he can, in fact, help you to live free of the devil's schemes and the devil's, uh, the devil's captivity, then you're invited to come forward, take bread from the basket, dip it in the juice and eat it and return to your seats. We've got the regular bread, the gluten-free wafers, and we've got the little cups. If you, uh, if you need one of the little cups, you can take that with you and return to your seat as well. So let's, let's sing. Let's pray. Let's give thanks as we celebrate the love God has shown us in Jesus Christ. Amen. God, we don't know where we would be without you, without your love, without your spirit guiding us, guiding us to... (laughs) Uh, to repent, guiding us to receive your forgiveness, guiding us through this life, guiding us to opportunities to let your grace that we have received flow through us into the lives of others. Thank you, God. Thank you for this daily bread. Thank you for the air that we breathe, your spirit given to us. Would Would you fill us today with the spirit of Christ so that as we go from this time, as we go from this place, as we enter back into a world full of conflict as we go back out there to to face the battle God we go knowing that that you your life living in us you are greater than any enemy we could face nothing can separate us from your love that's revealed in Christ Jesus thank you God we pray all this confident in what you're going to do in us, what you're going to achieve through us, 
confident in your love for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen.